I'm Kevin Casey. I'm a professional mixed martial arts fighter. And right now, what I'm about to do is issue a warning out to all other competitors. I don't want overs. I just expect them to happen. Fatty's gonna fatty is real. How have I been this successful in life? Hello there, folks. Welcome back. BM Manalysis, back in your lives for another week. Uh, Mixed results last week, we will say. Uh, But I'm here with Sean. Sean, it's uh, the All-Canadian edition again. And uh, I'm going to say this this bodes well for our countrymen as the World Lacrosse Championships start in about 50 minutes. Uh, Games are actually on real TV this year. Yep. This game's on uh, TSN for, for us up here in the winning country. And I think like ESPN2 for our friends down south of the border. But uh, good signs. Good good things are coming. How, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Um, so is... I must... Obviously, this has been going on for a very long time. I'm, excuse my ignorance of... of I, uh, I think the first one was back in like... Or the first one that we consider a modern one was like 67 or something like that yeah so uh so are we are we is is lacrosse the the next big thing is is it uh the the fastest rising sport in in north america or what's going on why why the bigger stage it's growing faster than pickleball i'll say that Um, that's 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 big big prize there that's that's the hotness (laughs) Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, since the, you know, I, I hate to give uh, field lacrosse dorks uh, too much credit, but since the, the PLL started up uh, about five years ago, they've been able to get some decent media partnerships. Uh, they got a deal, like they started off on NBC uh, and like Peacock and all that yeah. sort of stuff. Uh, and now they're on ESPN. Um, they get some games on ABC, the NLL, which is the box lacrosse league, uh, has a bunch of games on TSN and ESPN now. So yeah, it's just, you know, these, uh, sports channels are looking for content and content, baby. it's, it's excellent content. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it'll push, push some of these other sports like, uh, like MMA slash UFC to, to put on a better product. We can hope we can hope we'll, we'll get there eventually. But uh, I don't know what the UFC cards are drawing these days when they go on ESPN, but got to think it's not as much as what we saw in the early Fox slash ESPN days. So, yeah, um, always good to have a little bit of competition when it comes to the uh, sports market. Sir. MMA-wise, how we doing? Anything crazy happen? Any any news I should know about? No, I mean, <clears throat> there's been some some fights announced, but I mean, in this day and age, you shouldn't care too much until you know the day of the fight because uh, how often fights get scrapped. Um, I would say for the most part, the kind of upper echelon fights I think have better track records than the randomness, the random lower end stuff. But uh, I don't know. There there's some good. There's some good pay-per-views coming up. I know we bitch when they're not good ones, but there is some good ones. There is some 
rough fight night cards coming as well. So you got to take the good with the bad. Um, well, we you get gotta, you got to enjoy the good ones. I, that's yeah. that's what I've found. Um, another Sean Strickland headline card next against week, right? a debuting fighter. Yes, that is correct. <laughs> that's uh, yeah, that's a thing that is happening. I mean, uh, it it, the, it's, uh, it doesn't touch the the July fifteenth card with Holly oh, Holm taking on <laughs> greatest card of all time. That uh, will go. that's that's a new low i mean like there's been a some more i mean you know people are finally figuring it out a bit some people uh and and rightly queuing in on these weak weak cards that we are seeing uh more often than i think we're used to um there is gonna be some some rough talk um luckily it's kind of surrounded by some good fights so People will kind of play it off as well. We get the good, and you got to take the bad. But that one is new, all time bad. bad in in my opinion. It I, it's a month out, and it already looks like hasn't been affected by injuries or anything like that. It already looks absolutely horrendous. So yeah. we'll see what actually happens. Maybe there will be some injuries, and they can get some decent uh, last minute replacements to save. That I mean, one, let's but... let's pray for a Holly Home pullout. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't think she believes in that, doesn't she? Yeah. Ah, touche. Very Christian. Unfortunately, unfortunately. <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll uh, we'll get there in a few weeks. I'm taking next week off because Smart. I'm going to be up at the cottage uh, from Friday until Canada Day, whenever, and like the the following weekend. So I've got a nice like eleven days up at the cottage. So nice. That'll be fun. Nice. Um, but we've got some fights to talk about from last weekend. You know, a couple, couple decent ones. Uh, still, UFC hanging out at the apex, just uh, putting on not great cards with some very entertaining fights. Uh, and of this course, dumb shit as well. You gotta, you gotta add the sprinkle in some dumb shit, some referee Ooh. shit, some fighter shit, all kinds of fun stuff. Baby, yes, was their dumb shit. Uh, we'll we'll just go from the bottom up, and uh, we'll give these the the time that they deserve. The modest Bukaki unanimous decision over Zach Pauga. Uh, <laughs> Daniel Argeta submits Ronnie Lawrence, or was on his way to submitting Ronnie Lawrence until good old booze and sigs Keith Peterson decided to like grab Ronnie Lawrence's arm, I guess, to see if he was still awake, even though he didn't look anywhere close to going out. Uh, and then Lawrence pulls his arm away from Keith and it hits Argetta's body. And then he claimed that he tapped. That was horrific, horrific stuff from Keith. Uh, maybe not even the worst refing moment of the night though. Um, following fight Teresa Bleda unanimous decision over Gabriela Fernandez I watched it no memory of it and then good old Jaron Vallel this man a legend of the Canadian MMA scene Uh, I I think he's from our our buddy Chris's uh, neck of the woods out in Winnipeg um Carlos Hernandez 
slams Dennis Bondar. Their their heads uh, touch a little bit. Bondar goes out. Hernandez then proceeds to destroy him with about <laughs> seven elbows after he was already unconscious. Unanswered. Valel stops the fight, and then they go back and be like, no, no, headbutt knocked him out. Uh, we're going to go to the scorecards on this one. Just so much of it was so bad. I, I don't know if you have thoughts on, on this scenario, Sean, but woof. Jaron Vallel. Yeah, he, um, I feel like he took a decent break from the UFC. It's probably because we haven't been to Canada in like four years. Uh, I I didn't really see him too, too much doing, doing much work in, in Vegas. I, I think it might've been, I don't know if it was just like a short week. I mean, uh, I know there was two cards on Friday, PFL and Bellator. So I don't know if that had something to do with it, but yeah, he is easily, one of the worst refs uh, in in a major major a major uh, promotion because he just he fucks up a lot. There's in every way. It's not just one where he's like, oh, he just lets guys get the shit beat at him. He fucks up things so much. Um, he should get more shit for it, and he should not be refing at this level. It's it's plain and simple. He's terrible. Uh, you know what else he shouldn't be. A judge? The Deputy Minister of Economic Development, Investment, and Trade for the province of Manitoba. Yep. This dude is making decisions about economic development, investment, and trade. Dude that can't even ref or judge an MMA fight. I mean, I mean, Just... there is a reason why Winnipeg's in in the shape it is. I'm sure he's having a <laughs> a, a nice little uh, hand in that. Incredible, yeah. absolutely incredible. Um, yeah, I, I thought I thought we were done with him. He uh, has never been great, and it seems like he is now worse. Yep. So that is. No bueno for anybody. Um, yeah, I didn't look at bonuses or anything for this. I don't know if Hernandez would have gotten a bonus anyway, but, I mean, taking away the uh, the stoppage from him there, I get it. Their heads did clash a little bit, but that's a normal thing on takedowns. That's, a, that that's a slam. That's yep. a slam. Yep, Rampage didn't win that uh, Arona fight either. That no. Was a, uh, that was a no contest. No, nope. uh, Frank Shamrock didn't beat Igor Zinoviev. Tito, that was a no contest against Evan Tanner back in the day. None of those, none of those count. Nope. Uh, anyways, moving along, Mister Perfect, Kyung Ho Kong, submission, rear naked choke over Christian Canones. Um, looked uh, that was that was an action packed two and a half minutes in that fight. Both guys landed, and uh, he just ended up getting on top and landing the harder shot and uh, then finding the back and getting the choke. Uh, Alessandro Costa did what you would expect to happen to Jimmy Flick if he can't immediately get a takedown and submit somebody. Um, I mostly had the under there, but did take the, the dumb shot on Flick round one sub. Mm. But I mean, that was his chance. I mean, that seems to be like his only chance because this dude gets beat up 
and he, yeah. he's he is his leg will get chewed up he'll get punched a lot like yeah unfortunately with guys that uh kind of pull some rabbits you either they kind of get exposed a bit against uh some decent guys in the ufc uh yeah he guy who was fighting looked looked pretty damn good I've got one. I, I'm trying to build one of those analogies where I'm like, Jimmy Flick is the this of this. Um, yep. He's like the 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 match Schnell of very brittle something or other. Yep. That, that that's that's what Jimmy Flick is these days. Um, I miss these next two fights. Well, I miss the next fight. I saw the finish from the the one following it, but Nicholas Dalby career resurgence. It's the unanimous decision over Muslim Salikov. Um, Sean, talk me through this one. I had parlayed Salikov, so we know what <laughs> happened. Um, yeah. Salikov, I thought, looked good. He he looked good in, in the first round. Um, and then he got clipped with a, with a big one. Dalby was able to, to catch him. And, and then he got a takedown in round two. Uh, and it was kind of just rolling downhill. His cardio looked good he, he just kept coming forward dude was getting hit with some shots but he was taking them well uh props to dalby he uh that was a good performance for him he's always eating a pretty good shot except from uh juiced up jesse ronson yeah uh, and then uh following that one up manuel torres uh enters the pantheon of tremendous elbow tkos or knockouts uh, the way the guys fall when they get elbow KO'd on the feet, just beautiful, beautiful stuff. It's like the the stumble back, and then they do like the full flare flop right on their face. Um, I mean, not not good for them or their health, but <laughs> we're not here for anybody's good times or health except our own. Uh, that was that was that's an all time. You, you got to rank that uh, pretty high up there in 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 all time elbow KOs because just the the sheer brutality of it just so clean as clean as you really can throw an elbow like that. Um, he was getting hit a bit uh, before he he landed that, but uh, his his offense. I mean, not surprising uh, what what he did on the regional scene and stuff like that. His offense is definitely there. It's just that defense. Um, We'll see how how long till that defense catches up with to him, or if he you know gets good enough where he can kind of get it closer to to reasonable, and then he could be very good because yeah, that offense is is pretty nasty. I think at the lower level, the chin's good enough that it can hold up for him, but we'll, we'll see once he starts to take a, a step or two up. Yep. Uh, next up, oh, that was the the first. Oh, we've already got a couple cards. Fights on the main card. Look at us mm-hmm. go. Uh, mm-hmm. Pat Sabatini. Uh, clinic on Lucas Almeida. If uh, guys don't clip Sabatini early in fights, he is a problem. Yep. Yeah, I paid for this one. I just uh, threw a little dart on on uh, Almeida Tekio. And that had no chance in hell. Um, I, yeah, like you said. Where was this Pat Sabatini against Damon Jackson? But if you clip him, I mean, you got a chance. But damn, I 
I don't think he's going to take many chances anymore. And when he gets on you, he's he's pretty uh, relentless. So, yeah, props to him. He beat the shit out of me. <laughs> that was a a solid 10-8 round. And, and the, the judges correctly actually scored it that way. So that's that's always good when they do that. Incredible. You love to see it. Uh, next up, consensus hits. Armin Petrosian takes the decision over Christian Leroy Duncan. Um, that guy is not very good, has the flashy stuff and nothing of substance beyond the flashy stuff. So as, uh, as we suspected, the technical striker really just kind of put on a, a clinic there. I don't know what the commentary team was watching because they were enamored with Duncan's something. Yeah, they, they got hypnotized. I uh, I don't... You would hope a, a better, like, Dominic Cruz would be smarter than that. He, he got sucked in. Um, yeah, I mean, Duncan... Duncan has some flashy shit, and that'll work against lower-end guys. He seems like he has decent power because on the rare occasion he did land, it, it did a little bit of damage, but Petrosian just ate him up. Just a much better technical fighter, and Duncan couldn't couldn't really come up with something better. Tried grappling a bit, got that shit shut down. Yeah, when um, you can't grapple Armin Petrosian, like, you're not going to sub him. The no. much better grapplers have, have tried. But if you can't even out-wrestle him, then you're in a lot of trouble. Yeah. Doesn't doesn't have the big power, but the, the technical striking is is very good. So, yeah, that was a nice nice hit on consensus. Not too shabby. Co-main event, uh, more competitive than I expected. More competitive <laughs> than everyone expected. Uh, but even saying that, it was... A pretty damn dominant performance from Armin Sarukin. Um, basically, Silva had one big shot that he landed. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about another guy where he had one big shot landed against him when we break down this week's card. But uh, Sarukin's good. Very good. Um, but... You, you you get to you, you kind of start cruising and you can get caught there's that, that guy has big power um hopefully this gives us a, a cheaper number on him if he's fighting anybody decent and we can get a, a reasonable line but he's very good um got clipped shit happens uh Positive on his side is he can grapple like a motherfucker so if he gets clipped he can still kind of grapple his ass off it's not uh not like a guy that's just a, a striker or something. So they get clipped and they're they're kind of screwed. So um, resistance is good, I think. I mean, it's it, it's going to make him better, so he doesn't get clipped next time. Uh, I just hope he fights somebody decent because even with this happening, it was a pointless matchup. It did nothing really for for Sarukian. Hopefully, somebody decent fights him. It helps him get through that first UFC contract. Oh, I also parlayed the under two and a half in that fight. So if you're wondering, <laughs> if you're wondering I, I did have and TKO. 25 of the third round. Yeah, I, I did have and TKO. So it, it could have been a real, real bad loss. But uh, yeah, it's good. It's good. 
just a medium bad loss. Mm-hmm. Um, good wins, uh, never in doubt wins. The uh, goes the distance in the main event. Jared Cannonier just put an absolute thrashing on Marvin Vittori for 25 minutes. And uh, he he whooped that ass for basically the entire 25 minutes. It was... I had never expected to see that sort of pace, especially over five rounds out of Jared Cannonier. Vittori's skull is insane. Um, the man doesn't have a brain. That's That's the only logical explanation for the way he can take the punishment that he does. But uh, that was way more fun than I thought that fight was going to be. Yeah, it turns out v- Vittori can have a fun fight. He's just got to get his absolute shit rocked for 25 <laughs> minutes. Um, man, the Cannoneer had them crystals cooking on, on Saturday because he looked good. And this dude is not, not really young anymore and was able to just keep going for, for 25 Um yeah, yeah, yeah. Vittori, I, I I hope he's I don't know. It's it's gonna get bad when it goes bad with him. Um because he hasn't really shored up that defense whatsoever. Uh it's kinda still the same as it was when he entered the UFC, uh, which isn't a good thing, and he's just relying on a uh on a, a granite chin that <laughs> eventually it will crack. Um, and like the wrestling isn't very good it's either. not yet he, he used to be get uh, be able to get away at the lower levels with either being able to grapple guys or just grind on guys and you can't do that um hindsight 2020 i think cannoneer was was definitely the play here um we could, probably should have known a bit when when vittori's having a very close striking match with with roman de Lidze. um but hindsight 2020. Yeah, kudos to uh, Cannoneer betters. Uh, yeah. Dodged uh, any sort of bullet on Vittori on this one, but... Yeah, Wes had Cannoneer but... by uh, decision. That uh, was a nice number he got there, and, and that was... Yeah, easy. he was talking... That was, like, what, 300 or something like that? Uh, yeah, because I think, I think, like, widely, like, non, non-bad lines, it was, like, 250, I think, and he got, like... Might have even got three fifty or something. It was a good number. Wes is uh he's been on Cannonier a couple times in yep. like I remember the Gastelum fight, he was on Cannonier by decision in that one, and he's he's got a good read on the crystal man. I the think, man knows uh, his crystals, think, obviously. Yeah, I think our boy Wes is into the crystals and uh he can read. I mean, the should old we be surprised leaves. in the crystals in Kentucky? <laughs> Absolutely not. Uh, anyway, that's going to do it for last week's card. Moving on to this week, 14 fights. Uh, this is on ABC, allegedly. Yeah, um, this is this is what they're bringing to ABC, eh? Yeah. Uh, good thing about that, uh, five-fight main card. It's not very good. No. <laughs> the main event's good. The, the, the fight kicking off the main card pretty good. Uh, and there's some other weird stuff sprinkled throughout. 
Uh, I know that we might have some different orders here, so you're just gonna have to bear with me on this one, Sean. Got to start we... start with start with the flyweights. Uh oh, that's not what I have. But all right, <laughs> let's. Uh, let's are, were up. you thinking that somehow Cody Brundage versus Cedric Dumas is not on the main card of an ABC card? Were you thinking that it was going to open this card? Are you kidding me with that? Okay. I'm I'm glad that uh, that they moved that one because that's it's going to be a show. It is going to be a show for for all the ABC watchers. All all of Jacksonville is going to come out to support the du- the dumbass. Uh, but we are going to kick it off in the flyweight division. I've got the right order now. Uh, this is actually. A good fight to open up a card. Tatsuro Taira. I don't know why this dude is still buried on the very first fight of a card. Taking on Clayjason Rodriguez. Rodriguez, I guess. is Brazilian. But um, still pretty high on Taira over here. The, like, Taira should be, like main eventing the prelim cards at this point he's he's i'm pretty sure he's open cards and back-to-back uh fights um this this guy he's he's good he's a good prospect he's he's from a you know an asian country you would think the the ufc would be pushing him a little harder i i don't really understand what the ufc does uh from time to time or a lot of the time but uh tyra's good i mean his grappling is very good i think he's able to get Clinton Rodriguez down and and likely sub him. Uh, Rodriguez, I I don't I don't think he's that good. Uh, it you're, you're not that special for just demolishing Shannon Ross. Uh, he looked okay in the Vergara fight, but I think Tyra's grappling is just going to be too much for him and, uh, and probably sub him. Yeah, I I really kind of wish that we got this matchup uh, when he came into the UFC and fought CJ Viagra instead, uh, because I think we would have gotten a good line on Tyra. Uh, Not that this one's terrible, like minus 250, whatever. Uh, But there was a lot of hype on Rodriguez coming off of the Ultimate Fighter, or not the Ultimate Fighter, uh, Contender Series, whatever, it's all the same shit now. Apparently, Ultimate Fighter's back. Uh, I mean, not really. Ultimate Fighter is uh, is veteran guys just beating the shit out of wannabe prospects. Is that what it's turned into? That's what it's turned into. Incredible. Uh, I mean, that's kind of what Contender Series is I'd, probably going to turn into. Kind in, of, uh, yeah. Next season or two. Yeah, fair. But, yeah, I, I think that Tyra's got him covered just about everywhere here. The, the striking... It's not his strong suit, but it's not terrible. Uh, he's long. He somewhat knows how to use his length uh, at flyweight. Uh, and then when guys close the distance, he can hop around to the back. And he's pretty nasty once he gets on somebody's back. So I like Tyra here. Uh, I think he probably gets a sub. Uh, not sure that I'm going to want to bet that specifically, but he seems like a guy that I wouldn't hate parlaying in this spot. Uh, so Tatsuro Taira is going to be the pick for me. Featherweight division, we've got uh, Jocelyn Jack Jenkins or whatever his like weird, uh, you know, weird 
curly mustache nickname is. He, he's one of those guys that has like a, a weird haircut and mustache. When oh, I picture rocking, him, rocking, in, he's rocking the mullet. Yeah, when I picture him in my mind, I kind of just see Brad Pickett with uh, a mullet, though. Brad Pickett with a mullet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. there you go. Um, anyway, he's taken on Jamal Emmers, the man who almost killed Pat Sabatini and then decided <laughs> to go for a heel hook instead. Yeah, that's. I mean, it, at least he he landed that bomb, though. Um, I think Emmers is is probably uh the better MMA wrestler in this one, and I think he's the better striker. Um, the fight IQ is is a little bit to to be desired. Um, I think he wins here. I don't think uh Jack Jenkins is, is that good. Um, but I don't really want to have money on on Jamal Emmers at this point. Yeah, it's uh. It's creeping up. He's the type of guy that you should be able to bet safely just with his skill and should. physical ability. <laughs> um, should being the, the operative word there. Um, not so much. Uh, I, I was impressed when he fought Giga. I've been impressed in a couple of his other performances, but it, it always seems like he's just one absolute bonehead decision away from blowing a fight i don't necessarily think that jenkins has the stopping power to make that happen here so 200 probably isn't a terrible price uh it's just he's one of my guys that's that's close to the i'm not betting you list moving along to the lightweight division we've got jose shepe Mariscal taking on the... How does this man not have a nickname? He, he's got to have, like... I don't know. He's from the the, the Bama Basher or something. Trevor Peak. Uh, I'll, I'll come up with uh, Trevor Peekaboo. Um, you, you never know. We'll come up with something. Um, but uh, not no prep done for nicknames on this show. But the, the man is entertaining to watch. We'll say that. He'd be a scary dude to uh, to run up on in, when you're in the backwoods of, of Alabama, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, man, it's it's interesting seeing who Mariscal has, uh, has fought. He's kind of fought a bunch of kind of guys that have, you know, made it to the UFC. Um, lost to Gregor Gillespie. Lost to, I mean, he's lost to a bunch of these. Lost to Bryce Mitchell. Beat Pat Sabatini. Lost to or beat Yusuf Zalal, but then lost to you know Anderson Brito, Steve Garcia, Sean Soriano. So he's kind of he's definitely fought like a bunch of guys. Uh, he just hasn't really put together a streak to get him to the UFC. That doesn't seem to matter anymore. So I, <laughs> I'm kind of surprised it's taken him this long. Um, hasn't really beaten anybody recently that great on the re- regional scene. Pretty mo- mediocre guys. I think Trevor Peak probably takes it to him. He's already been there in the UFC. Um, I think he's he's just better. So I'll uh, I'll pick Peak to win. Yeah, I've uh, I've seen Mariscal fight a few times back in the day on like old Ring of Combat cards and and things like that. Uh, 
haven't seen the most recent stuff. Like I didn't see his last fight in, in LFA, but he's generally one of those kind of savvy regional scene kind of guys that has success there. And then as you can see from his record, every time he tries to step up in, in competition a little bit, uh, it tends to be a bit too much for him. And I think technically probably better than Trevor Peak everywhere. Um, but Trevor Peak is just an absolute batshit insane fighter. Um, it, it seems like you would need a baseball bat and a shovel to take this guy out. Um, and he's just going to keep coming at you. And Mariscal has been finished uh, several times before in his career on the, the regional scene usually against those UFC level fighters. Um, I, again, I don't think that peak is on their level from a skill perspective, but just the way that this guy comes at you, he's going to land something at, at some point. You're going to land on him as well, but he seems like he can take it uh, and eventually get somebody out of there. So I'm probably going to end up betting Trevor peak. If this stays around even money, um, I, I've been trying, trying my best to wait until Friday or Saturday night to, uh, to make my bets these days. It, it seems to, uh, make the decision-making process a little more clear, but if he's still around that spot, uh, come Friday, Saturday, then, uh, how, how good is Mariscal's grappling? Not great. Okay. Then, uh, especially the wrestling, like, defensively he can he can tend to grapple a little bit um but the the offensive wrestling isn't good yeah so you're probably on the right track yeah actually if you look at his records um uh, he's got three sub wins and two of them are triangles so that uh tells you a little bit about what position he usually ends up in when the fight hits yep. the ground yep um, so yeah, Trevor Peak uh, might be a little bet. Women's strawweight division, Jillian Robertson, pound for pound, number four Canadian, taking on Tabitha Ricci. Um, people apparently are very insistent that we know that her nickname is Baby Shark for some reason. Yeah, who cares? I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Um, are we going to see armbar from guard, Brad? I feel from like we haven't seen one of those in in a little <laughs> while. We're we're a little due, and we're we're in a uh, Jillian Robertson fight, so I think it's possible. Awesome. It's definitely possible. Uh, I think Tabitha Ricci has the the better offensive grappling, so she's probably going to be on top. So there's going to be chances for arm bar from guard um but i think eventually she's just going to be too much for for the canadian canadians won way too much in vancouver so the the drought is near and it probably starts on saturday we are are very due to have a, a downswing in this one um yeah i, I don't have a, a ton to say on this one except that i would kind of suspect that 
actually, I, I don't know who's going to take who down in this fight. I just think whoever shoots first is probably going to take the other one down because neither of them has good takedown defense. Um, but yeah, I, I think it could be possible that there's an arm bar from guard from either of them. Yep. It's, uh, I, I, what's the, the round one arm bar either person finish? I, I don't it's, think we get those lines, but do we, uh, do we list those? I don't think it gets that specific. <laughs> no, we, we should, we should. Um, yeah, I, I don't have a, a strong lean one way or the other here. Um, I guess Richie, but yeah, she's probably going to be smaller here too. Which could be tough because Robertson's actually pretty good in top position. Moving on, lightweight division, Mateusz Rembeski, uh, or like Rayon Beski, because Polish people are, are weird and they pronounce mm. things weird. Uh, I'm allowed to say that. I'm Ukrainian. So it's okay, <laughs> folks. Same thing, don't, right? Don't come at me. Uh, and he is taking on, who's he taking on? The, the Loik, Loik Rajabov, uh, old PFL veteran. Yeah, this is, uh, this is an all international affair. Um, I like the over two and a half in this fight. I think this is going to be, there's going to be plenty of grappling in this fight and these guys are probably going to slow down and it's going to get sloppy. Um, I do think, I, I think Rajabov, um, is going to have the better grappling. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if, if he definitely has more top time, um, what he does with it. I'm, I'm not too sure. Cause, cause both these guys are, seem to be very, pretty, pretty solid, uh, grapplers. So I put the over in a parlay. Uh, I was tempted to bet Radzabov. But I am passing on that. But I'm going to pick him and tout master. Um, I think the the big difference for me in this fight is Rebechki's. I'm sorry, Rayon Bechki's uh, pace. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think he's going to be able to sustain those grappling sequences a little bit longer than Loik did. Uh, Neither of these guys is a particularly potent striker. Rajabov's striking and his defense really didn't look very good in that UFC debut uh, against uh, Esteban. Uh, So that has me a bit concerned. Obviously, he got dropped in in one of the rounds, uh, but he was pretty soundly outstruck for any period of time they were on the feet. He could just get takedowns whenever the hell he wanted in that fight. I don't really think that he's going to have that escape path here against, uh, against Mateusz. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of pace coming from the, the pole and uh, eventually he's going to eke out his decision. So I I know this one's lined tightly. Uh, It's a little too tight for me to want to back Rembitschke at, uh, at minus minus one fifty but I do think that he is going to pull off a decision and that over that you took, Sean, I, I'm feeling uh, pretty safe about it. Definitely like that better than the, uh, the plus 150 Rebechki decision prop. 
Uh, welterweight division dropping down from middleweight. Uh, the third man is here, Sean. He's he's down in welterweight. He's ready to just plop down into the division and make some waves. Uh, and he's taken on Randy Brown. So this the UFC always seems to do this, where like a guy drops down in weight, and they're like. Who is either like the biggest, strongest, or just the tallest, longest guy we can find in the weight class you just dropped down to? So weird to me. Yeah. Um, I never thought the turd man is that good. Um, eked out a win against Sam Alvey in what what, what year is that? 2021. That's eked out a win. That's uh, that's great. I, I know he got the win against uh, Serkinov, but uh, yeah, that Serkinov is 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 a flake. Isha went full Canadian, and he went full Canadian. He was not Latvian that night, that's for sure. Um, yeah, Randy. I mean, Randy Brown ran into a buzzsaw. There's there's no shame in losing to Jack Della Maddalena. Um before that, he had a good run. Um, throws a decent amount of strikes. I think the volume and length is going to be too much. Uh, Randy Brown is is probably going to win a decision here. Um, I think the turd man can can take it. But uh, yeah, I I couldn't find a, a parlay partner for for old Brown, so I, I left him left him be. I'm not going to mush him. It's very kind of you. Yep. Um. I agree with most of what you said. I'm not sure, however, especially dropping down to 170, that uh, the turd man's going to be able to take it here. Yeah, it, uh, if if Brown puts a pace on him, uh, he, it might be an exhaustion TKO, to be fair. Could be exhaustion. I mean, this is the dude that got knocked out by Andrew Sanchez as well. Oh, my God. Um, I mean, I, I know Andrew Sanchez is good in round one, but he's not that kind of good in round one. Um, so could see Randy Brown taking over in uh, in round two or round three, finding that chin, or, as you said, uh, the turd man just getting a, a little worn out and Brown starting to, to put it on him. So I think that he's probably going to look good early, um, you know, assuming he, he makes weight and all that stuff. He's in the garage. Glover's going to make sure that, uh, that he makes weight. You don't get to come back to the garage if you miss weight. Um, but after that, man, this, he, he didn't strike me when he was at 185 as a guy who needed or should drop down to 170. No. So those ones always concern me a little bit. Um, it seems like a, a drop for the sake of shit's not going my way. Let's change something for the cha- sake of changing something instead of just continuing to get better. Um, and we'll see how the, uh, the chin and cardio hold up with the extra few pounds missing. What's a, uh, yeah, Randy Brown TKO is only plus 190. I'll have to look and see. Round 2, 550. Round 3, 1200. Those are starting to get uh, a little bit more tempting. Maybe we'll uh, we'll get back to our roots and have a little Randy Brown round 3 on this one. Uh, I could certainly see that coming into play in this fight. Heavyweights, 
this one was originally supposed to be on the main card, and thank God they moved it. It might still be. I don't. I don't know if if uh, I'm. I'm now. I'm questioning on the old Wikipedia. Usually, it's on the ball, but it might not be on this one. It's a. Uh-oh. It's a bit of shit show. This this card. So, uh, this might be the third from the top, or it might be buried on the prelims. Yeah, on uh, on the UFC website, it's still third. So, yeah. I so. hope that is not accurate because Justin Taffa, uh, Justin Badman Taffa, um, bad at fighting Taffa, taking on Austin Lane. Uh, Austin Lane, best known for, I guess getting drafted but not really panning out in the NFL um, and then getting knocked out by Greg Hardy. Um, yeah. In... He's gone on a, a bit of a run since then. No, he, uh, what is he, six wins in a row now? Uh, a win over Juan Adams? Big dub you know? there. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah, he's he's back in the UFC. Uh, obviously, a decent athlete, but uh, a lot of these decent athletes don't necessarily turn into decent fighters. And Tafa is of the Polynesian variety, uh, and those dudes, regardless of how bad they are as athletes, are usually fighters. So, kind of interesting contrast here. It's true, but uh, this is still low-level heavyweights. Um, Austin Lane, uh, it's it's kind of kind of a a home game for him. Uh, I think that's that's where he's he's training uh, in Florida. So, um, dude has pretty good power. Um, I think Justin Toff is very bad. He's he's crushed some terrible competition. Uh, in his last two fights in the UFC, but this is still a guy who lost to Van Derebred and Carlos Felipe. <laughs> so uh, I threw a half a unit on uh, Lane by TKO plus three hundred. Low level heavyweights, you're given, and it's not low level like fatties kind of heavyweights that we're we're praying for for an over one and a half and it to get sloppy. I think these guys are gonna slang and. One of them's gonna hit, and one of them's gonna go down. Plus three hundred, I'll I'll take that small bet on lane. Yeah, I feel like uh, especially the uh, the Carlos Felipe loss uh, from Taffa. That was back when people were like, "Oh, Carlos Felipe is thick Diaz." Thick and, Diaz, like, the the stupidest shit you've ever heard in your life. So bad um, that. That one didn't age particularly well, but yeah, it's it's tough to know uh, what's going to happen. I wish I could just bet some fatties and sit back on this one, but I, I think this is going to end quickly. Uh, we've seen that uh, that Tafa can put guys out of there. We've seen that Lane can be put out of there, um, and I mean. Lane has some power now. Taffa once got knocked out by Jorgen De Castro, which I'm not even sure how that happens because that dude only knows how to throw leg kicks. Um, so 
there's a uh, high potential, high potentials for a round one knockout in this fight. Uh, under one and a half, like minus two twenty five, uh, is the the best that's out there. I don't know. I, I don't think uh, there's much of anything that's uh, that's too intriguing for me in this fight. Maybe a, a little shot on lane round one at like plus four hundred. There you go. Flyweight division, maybe. 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 Uh, they found uh, another victim for old Pali Pumakulov. Let's see if this guy will actually go through with the fight. When he shows up, he sees the haircut that's in front of him, and he knows what he's in store for. Um, parentheses. What he's in store for is probably a close split decision. But, um, Sean, you think differently on this one, don't you? I'm throwing a dart here. Um, it's it's just it's just the matchup. Like I know, um, P- P- Patty Pimlet's uh, <laughs> Kazakhstan uh, brethren is he's in a lot of decisions. Um, I think this the guy he's fighting is going to force a fun, high paced fight. Um, Van is is a pretty damn good. Uh, regional fighter. Um, they finally found a good one. I know they've been signing some some trash cans, but this guy seems pretty good. He is very young. Um, we just said this about flyweights like a couple weeks ago. I know. That, like most of them are bad, but then they go down to, to flyweight and they find these dudes and they're usually good. Yep. Yeah. I mean, that's because just like most of these guys, they have very good cardio because they're 125 and they have to, to, to fight anybody else that's 125 pounds. Like, and usually they're well-rounded because they kind of have to do everything. This guy's offense is is very good. I think he's going to force a, a fun fight. Um, but Van is young. He's 21 years old. He has fought a bunch. Um, considering he, he kind of went he went pro in 2021 and he already has eight fights. Uh, hasn't fought this year yet, which is, is probably a good thing after a, a busy 2022 um, I think he can force a fight and, you know, Zalgus can be cracked. Uh, it, it wouldn't be a, an insane thing to see this guy crack him and put him out. Um, and if he doesn't, then I think, uh, Zalgus can, can take over and, and possibly get him out of there late. So, uh, I like, uh, I took under two and a half at plus 160 for a unit. Um, looking up old Joshua Van, and I have to say, I'm a little disappointed. Uh, his given name, Joshua Thong. Thong! The Thong song! You can use that, come out come to on. Cisco, you know, dye your hair blonde. I, there's, there's so much that you can do with, uh, with your given name, but he wants to be Joshua Van. Uh, so for that reason, I'm going to pick against him. Smart. Uh, until he goes back to uh, Joshua Thong and comes out to the cage uh, to the Thong song. So it's going to be uh, Pally for me. Pally's going to ride the haircut all the way to a decision victory because he knows no other way. Um, and I think we'll see some spots out of, uh, out of Thong here. And uh, he'll be one to look out for moving forward, I just think. The short notice, 
the matchup is a really tough guy to look good against. Uh, so some of that uh, flashy stuff that he's shown off on the regional circuit, maybe not going to come through in this particular matchup. Welterweight division. Philly Rowe taking on my man, Magni Madov. He's going to do it again, Sean. It's going to happen. I'm not so sure, and and I'm I'm been plenty aboard the 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 Magni Madoff train, uh, and lately it's it's been a little sketchy. Now, obviously, I was not going to bet him against Gilbert Burns, but I took him against Daniel Rodriguez, and shit got fucking hairy there until uh, D Rod had to to gas out a bit. Magni's just getting hit more, uh, and he's not he's never really reacted well. Uh, it just seems like he's getting hit more and, and just reacting more these days. Um, he's fighting a guy that has the same reach as him, which doesn't usually happen. Magni's usually able to, to outlength everybody at this weight class, but now obviously he's the, he's the better, uh, technical striker. So, uh, he's still going to be able to, to keep him at bay for the most part with, with the jab, but Phil Rowe obviously has a huge power advantage. Um, I took a shot at Phil Rowe by TKO at, uh, at plus 450 for a unit. I think that's his path to victory. I have a tough time seeing him kind of outpointing Magni. Um, I think if, if he's able to, to catch Magni and get him out of there, that's, that's his path because if he doesn't, then Magni's going to volume him. And if he, if Magni's able to wrestle, he's going to be able to get him down, but uh, I think Roe can can likely stuff some some early takedowns if they come and land a big one. So I'm rolling with Philly Roe. Can he stuff takedowns though? I don't know, but Magni doesn't get normal takedowns. He gets the old like clinch trip takedowns. That's that's true. We'll we'll see if Phil Roe is able to to defend those uh, the double legs. Probably not, but we'll, we'll see if he can he can fight off the cage. That, that's a uh, that's a fair point. Um, I still think that this is going to be typical Magni fight. It, it's going to happen at range, and he's going to poke away, and maybe he's a little bit more cautious because Roe has more power and and has a similar reach to him. Uh, but then when it's not happening at range, it's going to be in the clinch. Uh, and I don't think Phil Rowe can deal with the Magni Medov once they get inside and, and start to grapple a little bit. Um, even if he can stop the takedowns, he's going to get controlled there. Magni's going to shuck around to the back. Um, you know, probably, uh, Give him a, a couple of the old Magni Matt returns, uh, as he's known to do. And uh, we're just going to see it start to, to pile up. Uh, I know that Roe has a lot of later stoppages uh, in fights, but those are either against guys who don't have good cardio or like Jason Witt just don't have a chin at all. Yeah, um, catching them. Yeah, and... Maybe, maybe Magni's starting to trend in that direction. Uh, I think he's not quite there yet. He will get there. 
eventually the dream will die. But if you're giving me Neil Magny decision at plus money against, uh, you know, not to be too disrespectful to Phil Rowe, but dare you. one of the worst guys that Magny's faced in the past, I don't know, five years, um, something like that. Pretty close to five years. Yep. I'm going to take Neil Magny by decision at plus money. So Magny Medov, take another look, Sonny. It's going to happen again. And we move on. Main card, middleweight division, Brendan Allen, Bruno Silva. Uh, somebody going to die, Sean. Somebody is going to die. Um this should be a fun fight. I think Brendan Allen's gonna gonna force a fun fight. Um, he had a good win out there last time against uh, Muniz. Still got hit a good amount from a guy that's not really the the greatest striker. Uh, let's just say um, Bruno Silva is a much better uh, striker and a much harder striker. Um, we might see that uh, that Brendan Allen chin show up. It's it's definitely possible. Um, I, Bruno Silva, I kind of wrote him off after that Mearshart fight. It, he was just completely Same. lifeless in it. I don't know what happened to do that dude that week. Um, sometimes guys just don't show up. I, I I'm kind of siding with that that he just had an absolutely horrible night and just didn't show up. Um, because next time out against Brad Tavares, a guy that, you know, is, is fairly durable. He just absolutely smashed that dude. Um, if he brings that, then, then he, he might be able to, to get, uh, a pretty good Brendan Allen out of there. Um, it should be fun. Uh, I, I took under two and a half at minus one ninety. I put it in a parlay. Um, one way or another, one of these guys is getting out of there. Uh, I'll uh, I'll pick Bruno Silva to to score the upset. It's a uh, it's a tricky one. It, it to me, it's going to come down to how good is Bruno uh, Bruno Silva's takedown defense in this one. Yep. If he can stop some takedowns and, and keep this on the feet, he is probably going to fuck Brendan Allen up. Um, Allen's striking has improved his kicking game specifically works the body a lot. Um, but the chin is not quite there. Uh, the defense has never been there. And I think at this point, never going to get there. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of, uh, just scrolling through because if Allen does get on top, uh, I think that it's quite possible that instead of getting a sub, that he's got nasty ground pound. Uh, sometimes he, he just gets position and, and pounds a dude out. Um, it's also quite possible that, I mean, if this stays on the feet for any length of time, that, that Silva knocks him out. So I was looking at the either fighter by TKO. Uh, it's only plus 165, which mm. I, I don't love. Uh, I figured that would be a little bit of a, a higher price. Um, but the under here looks good. Uh, it's minus 186 at some Canby books. 
Uh, you said it was what minus one ninety at uh, Bet Online. Three six five. Yeah. Three six five. Yeah. Um. So cheap prices there. I regardless of where this fight plays out, somebody is going to have a big advantage. So I like that under two and a half. Um, Silva by TKO. I could certainly see that happening. That's around plus three hundred. But Alan TKO uh, plus six fifty. That that do anything that for you? One. No, just TKO. Oh yeah, that's the other one. That uh, that's why I kind of look at the uh, the TKO price for yeah. both guys because that Allen number was pretty high. I didn't think it would move the the either by TKO by a lot, but I guess it depends what those specific books have. Yeah, um, yeah the the Allen TKO is uh, is not too shabby at that six fifty price because I could certainly see him making that happen on the ground. So yeah. Um, Violence is the the first order of the day, and then we'll see if we dive into some props after that. But uh, maybe we go Tyra and the under two and a half in that fight, and that's one of our first parlays for the card. Next up, featherweight division. David Onama, uh, the man who ruined James Krause, James Krause, uh, taking on Gabriel Santos. Uh, I'm not sure if you recall Santos's UFC debut. I had a bet against him uh, with Lerone Murphy. And I was like, there's this newcomer coming in on three days notice. Lerone Murphy's only like, I don't know, minus 170 or whatever he was. Cheap. Cheap. Yeah, it's a, it's a cheap price. Uh, <laughs> if this guy's that good, then he's that good. And he was just about that Close. Good. Yep. <laughs> Um, Onama opened minus 275 in this fight no. at Bet Online. No. Yep. And he went oh, to plus Dave 285 at the wheel. instantly. Yeah. One of the, uh, one of those head scratching openers. Um, yeah. Like you said, um, Gabriel Santos looked very good. Um, I'm, I'm always a little bit hesitant when guys look good in a loss to a decent guy uh, as a late notice. Um, but the guy the guy showed good skills, so I kind of get it. Um, I, I don't I mean, know there's, what... There's also an argument to be made that he did win that fight. So. Yes. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> um, and this is, you know, this is a probably a, an okay matchup for him as well. Like, I, I get the, uh, the, the line movement. Um, he's, he's probably going to be able to out grapple, um, David Onama. Um, but yeah, I'm always leery of guys that look good. If, if he looks good again, then, then he is legit. It's just, uh, I do worry sometimes cause I've, I've definitely been burnt after kind of believing the hype in a, in a loss on, uh, on short notice, but I'll pick Gabriel Santos to win. That is always a good ground rule. Uh, don't get too uh, too caught up with the performance in a loss. But man, the the thing that I take away from that performance against Murphy the most was that he can actually like wrestle a little bit. And I think back to when Onama, I think he came in on short notice uh, against Mason Jones in his UFC debut. And 
he couldn't really wrestle at all against a Welsh dude. I think he's Welsh. <laughs> uh, some sort of some sort of UK, uh, Great Britain sort of thing going on there. But that's a bit concerning um, because I think he's going to have to deal with some takedowns here. I think that Gabriel Santos is going to get on top. Uh, maybe he's not quite as goofy once he gets on top and just like stands up and, and lets Onama up and actually, you know, gets some top control and, and uses that to win some rounds. Um, but yeah, I, I think that Santos is a very deserved favorite here. Uh, Onama's still got uh, a lot of ways to go uh, in terms of the, the technical aspect. He, he's got the, the physical skills, but he also took a beating in that last fight. Uh, and always kind of interesting to see how somebody bounces back from a performance like that. So I like Gabriel Santos. Don't necessarily think I'm going to be uh, parlaying him or anything crazy like that. But uh, I think that he is a, a reasonable pick here. And we'll see. Maybe the tune changes as we get closer to the weekend. The one we almost talked about at the very start, Sean. Hopefully, yep. hopefully this is third from the top. Middleweight division. We've got Cedric Dumbass taking on Cody Brundage. Um should be a sight to behold. Yeah, this is a special one. Uh, <laughs> Brundage, uh, he's 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 had some rough goes uh, recently. Um, the fight IQ is is always a question with Brundage. Um, he's he's definitely taken some beatings. Um, if if he's able to to take down dumbass, then he'll. He'll probably be able to win, but man, he he fucks up a lot. So it, it just just because it looks like it's going that way, it might cro- not cross the finish line. Uh, and when this is when this is on the feet, I think uh, Dumas is is definitely going to be the much much better striker, and he's going to be able to clip that chin uh, and and get him out of there. Uh, Cody Brundage just he's not that good, man. Like he's. He's looked bad in in most of his fights, and he's probably going to look bad here. I feel like the only fight that he's had, Contender Series or UFC, where he hasn't been on death's doorstep at one point or another, uh, was the the Treshawn Gore fight. And I... I know that Gore ended up pulling out that uh, that guillotine uh, against the the giraffe in his last fight. Uh, he's now a giraffe. He wasn't a now giraffe before. Um, but I mean, if that's the only guy that you're looking great against, ooh, that's uh, that's not ideal. So he's going to have to go for takedowns. He's going to have to get takedowns, and he's probably going to have to keep going for takedowns uh, in this fight. And at some point, I think early on, the dumbass is going to land on him. Uh, and and when that happens, I don't think that Brundage is going to wear it well. Uh, I think that we're going to have 
the man from Pensacola, Florida. Uh, I don't know how close Pensacola is to Jacksonville. I feel like it's close. Um, he, he went to the University of West Florida. And like the only West Florida is like little panhandle, right? So that's kind of close to Jacksonville. He's got the home crowd with him in this one, or at least in, in my mind, he does. He certainly got the streets with him. Uh, the streets won't forget Cedric Dumbass. But uh, he's also got the MMA analysis with him on this one. Here we go. Uh, we're going with Cedric Dumbass. Plus 163. Consensus bet of the week. Uh, if you can't find the uh, the 163 at, at Betway, plus 160 at DraftKings, uh, plus 155s and 150s out there in a bunch of spaces. So lots of, lots of money to be had on Cedric Dumbass heading into this one. Um, and now we move on to the real stuff, Sean. <laughs> Co-main event, women's flyweight division. The people have been clamoring for this one. Amanda Hibas taking on Macy, the future hairstylist. Uh, she's still hanging around MMA, though. I don't know how long it takes to to get through the uh, the old estheticians course or, or whatever she's doing in college, um, but uh, she's certainly taking her time. Love it. Uh, I, I I really like the over in this fight. Uh, over two and a half. Um, if if Reboss is having success, she's she's getting uh, Barber down. And from what we've seen from from Macy Barber, she's very hard to to sub, and and she kind of grits it out and has decent sub defense. So I I doubt we see Reboss catching anything when when she gets her down. And when this is on the feet, Barber's using her forward pressure to to just kind of make. Make Rebus take back steps and and get clipped, um, but Barbara doesn't really have big power, so um, I think this sails over two and a half. Uh, I put two and a half in uh, a parlay with Brendan Allen and uh, Silva under two and a half plus one nineteen for a unit, and then I paired it with the Rabeshki and Razkabov uh, over two and a half at plus one thirty three for a unit. Don't ask me why. But the judges really seem to like Macy Barber. She has been in some tight, tight decisions where I thought she lost and the judges gave it to her. She makes close, she's in close fights and the judges like whatever that she's doing. A lot of it's forward pressure. I think if she can stay off the ground for a decent amount of time, I think she can win a decision here. So. I took a half a unit on Barber by decision at plus 350. I can see it. I, I can certainly see it. Um, I kind of wish that the uh, the version of Barber that initially came into the UFC was coming into this fight because I would be very tempted to take some of the TKO prop Um I still think that uh, Hibas is uh, a little chinny. Um, and now she's sort of like 
flop in between 125 and, and 115, maybe being up at 125, that's going to help her chin a little bit more. So that wouldn't be quite as much of a factor. Um, but I don't know. Sometimes you, you see that in a fighter and like getting dropped by uh, old Vina Handy Joba, uh, <laughs> not a great sign. Knocked out by Marina Rodriguez, not a great sign. Um, so if Barbara was still sort of the aggressive kind of brawler that she came into the UFC was, I'd actually give her a little bit of a better shot in this one because then she's got a couple different paths to victory. I still think I got a kind of uh, hat tip, uh, dog or pass on this one if, if I'm playing it. Um, and as you said, the, the judges seem to love what Barber brings to the table, even if that is shadow boxing an opponent that's like four feet in front of her actual opponent. Um, hey, whatever works. But uh, I, I don't know that I'm going to have a play on this one just because uh, I, I could see or in my mind, I think I want to see a, uh, a, a knockout from Barber just because that would be <laughs> hilarious. Uh, but I think the more likely scenario is that this does go over two and a half uh, and then it's just a, a coin flip on the decision. So yeah, uh, I probably staying away. Don't hate your parlay. Uh, not going to tail you on it because you've had the worst it's gonna lose. I've ever seen. <laughs> for the past six months um and i'm trying to stay as far away from that as possible smart man main event featherweight division josh emmett the troll emerges from his cave for one last battle taking on up-and-comer Ilya tapuria um is it possible that Josh Emmett could come out of this fight looking even uglier than he's going into it. That's a tough task, but I think Ilya Tapuria is up for it. Um, this is going to be fun for however long it lasts. Um, I don't think Emmett's going to be able to get Tapuria down. I don't think Tapuria is going to be able to get Emmett down with just straight wrestling. So this is going to be a... Uh, uh, a brawl on the feet. Um, Tapuria has shown a little bit of sketchy defense at times. And Joss em- Emmett has ridiculous power when he does land. Um, I think Tapuria is just the better striker, better overall striker, the faster guy. Um, and Emmett, Emmett's, he's racking up the miles uh, fairly quickly. Um that that Rodriguez fight was a rough one. Went five rounds with Cater, which is not usually great for your health. Um, I think Tapura gets him, and I think he knocks him out because even when uh, Emmett gets rocked, I, I still think he has pretty good wrestling. So uh, I don't know if Tapura is going to be able to snatch a neck or or do something on the ground. I, I think he's just going to have to ground and pound this dude out. So I, uh, I took Tapiria by TKO at plus 175 for a unit. 
Yeah, I think you hit on the most important point. Uh, and it's something that I had kind of discounted through Josh Emmett's entire career um, up until his last fight. And that's that Taporia is way faster than him. Like, not even close uh, in terms of the speed. And heading into the Yair Rodriguez fight, you know, we'd saw we'd seen him uh, against Calvin Cater, who's very good technical striker, uh, not the fastest dude in the world by any means. Uh, same for Dan Ige, same for Shane Burgos. Uh, Merced Bektic is uh, a wrestler who gets destroyed uh, when you touch him. Kind of struggled when he faced uh, MJ. That one was just on the feet and he couldn't deal with uh, with Johnson's speed in that one, but eventually got the knockout and that just ended up being a very slow-paced fight. Um, and then that popped up again in big time in the Rodriguez fight. Uh, the, the speed difference there was massive and Emmett had no clue what to do about it. He was looking for the big shots. Uh, he got the one takedown, which obviously that didn't go great for him uh, in that fight. Uh, and I think it's going to be similar here, uh, except he's probably not going to get a takedown against Furia. He's going to be stuck on the feet against a guy who maybe doesn't have a, a ton more power, uh, but is way faster, way more diverse a striker uh, Tapuria is going to change levels. He'll go to the body. He'll go upstairs. He'll throw kicks. Emmett's really just kind of power punches uh, on the feet. So I, I think that we are going to see Ilya Tapuria's boxing come through in this spot. And as you said, he's probably going to get a TKO at some point. I mean, not a lot of 38-year-old featherweights tend to hang around and, and have a lot of success at top levels at that age. So I'm on Ilya Tapuria. Uh, I think you can get the, the TKO at plus 190, plus 175. Uh, it's around a couple places like that. I don't know that uh, you have to be too concerned about the sub. I know he went for it against Bryce Mitchell. Um, I, I think this is more of a, uh, a TKO spot for him um, just because Emmett's going to do a whole lot better trying to scramble back up to his feet than, uh, than Bryce Mitchell would. So I, I think he's going to be a little bit more dedicated to just trying to finish it with strikes. So that is going to bring to a close UFC on ABC five. I've been trying to like pay attention for the last uh, 15 minutes or so. Um, we'll get you out here, Brad. The, the first quarter of the uh, old lacrosse game just uh, just finished. Canada just went up 3 2. Oh, there beautiful. We there we go. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to watch that for the rest of my evening. Uh, I hope you enjoy whatever you get up to. Folks, uh, summer's coming. Watch this card. This is a pretty decent card. But, like, do something on your Saturday nights instead of watching the dog shit cards that are coming up. As I said, I won't be here next week. Hopefully the rest of the crew will. We'll see you then.